Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, we look back at all that Christ did in 2011. While celebrating that, we also look forward and anticipate all that God is going to do in 2012. And we pray that He will do exceedingly more than we could ever imagine. You guys go ahead and be seated real quick. Man, I am so excited about today. I don't know about you, but for those of you who've been here for a while, watching that video in the beginning of the service, um, those of you who were here on time, um, that, that was awesome for me to just see and think about all that God has done in the last year. And we always come to the end of the year and we're always kind of getting that nostalgic mood where we're kind of thinking back over and reflecting over the last year. And, and, and leading up to the new year, as I prayed and as I, I sought the Lord and I was like, God, what do you want us to do in 2012? What is it that, that are our next steps? You always hear us talk about what are the next steps that we need to take? What are the next steps that the church needs to take? And as I was praying about those things and, and, and I was looking on Twitter, and if you're on Twitter, you, you understand like everybody puts their thoughts on Twitter. And so um, and, and, and you're looking at this stuff, and, and I'm looking at all these other leaders. I'm reading blogs. I'm seeing all this stuff. And all these other church leaders and these pastors, they're like, well, this is what God's going to do in 2012. And this is what, and I'm like, man. Man, I must really be sorry as a pastor. I, I mean, I, I, maybe I don't hear God like they do because I'm like, God, what, what do we need to do? What is it that we need to do, God? What is it that you want us to do? What is our next step in 2012? And the thing that, that I just kept going over and over in my head is like, I'm not sure. I don't know exactly what that next year looks like. But one thing that brought me a lot of peace about that is the other day as I was looking at Twitter, once again, I saw a tweet by our very own Sean Fox who just tore up some drums, didn't he? Good Lord. Amazing. But he had tweeted this picture, and I want you to see this. Uh, He had put together this collage of all the series that we did in 2011. And when, he, when I looked at that, it was incredible because immediately I had so much hope. I had so much encouragement going into 2012. And I don't know about you, but if you've been here for a while and you look at those series, I guarantee you there's one or two that jump out at you. There's one or two that you look at and you're like, wow, God really did something in my life during that series. Thank God Brandon didn't preach that Sunday because God did something awesome in my life during that series. And and we look at those and we're like, wow, that is incredible. And the moment I saw those, it was as if the Lord really, he just spoke to my heart and he was like, Brandon, did you know when you started on your mark in January of 2011, that during the Gata series in August of 2011, y'all would baptize 54 people on one Sunday? I was like, no, sir. Did you know that you would see over 70 people give their life to Christ and baptize over 120 people in 2011 when you started out last year, last January, kicking off a new series and getting going? No. And so the Lord told me, he's like, why don't you just be faithful to what I've told you to do already? Why don't you just be faithful to continue connecting unbelievers to God and believers to each other? Why don't you continue to be faithful to go after the lost and those that other people may look at and feel are undesirable? Why don't you just continue preaching a message of hope that is in Jesus and the fact that we can be completely satisfied in him? Why don't you just continue to do what I told you to do three years ago? 
That's a pretty good idea, God. Amazing that he's so much smarter than I am. I know that's hard for you to understand and believe, but he really is. And it just renewed this thing in my heart and it renewed this thing in in my life. And it's what we're called to be and called to do as a church. And it's to go after people. It's to spread this message of Jesus. Listen, many of you, most of you sitting in here today are sitting in here because God changed your life. And he doesn't just want to do that for you. He wants to do that for multitudes of people that are right around us, that you work with every day. Some of you live with every day. You know what? I was so glad that when I look back at 2011, I didn't try to define what God was going to do by my thoughts, my imagination, by my dreams. And I thought about this verse of scripture in Ephesians 3.20. Paul's writing to the Ephesians. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to encourage you with this. We're not going to settle for what we can see. We're not going to settle for what we can dream. My Bible that I know is true tells me that God's imagination, his dreams, I can't even think on that level. All the stuff that we've seen over three years, man, it is awesome and it is good and I praise God for it. But what I know in my heart is that God is not finished. What does every detail look like? I don't know. I don't want to know. Because I know what he has planned is so much greater than whatever I could possibly think or imagine. And listen, here's the good news in all of this. One of the most exciting things about this is it's not just for the church, the people, the body. It's also for you individual and here's the thing I want to tell you guys don't settle for what you can do when God has set his sights so much higher when God's dream is so much bigger we had a hell of a year in 2011 there ain't no other way to say it if that offends you I'm sorry but I was offended by 2011 lost three grandparents dad had his leg cut off it was crazy but you know I have a God who brought us through every bit of that and so do you you have a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever think or imagine some of you are sitting in here and you don't know Christ I want to tell you God through him would do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could think or imagine for many of you in here he already has 
many of you in here, he's brought you through things that you look back and you're like, how in the world did I even make it through that? Some of your marriages are a testimony to that. How did we survive that? Let me tell you how God. And some of you have profaned his name. Some of you have cussed him to his face. And guess what? He's still coming after you. Some of you look at things with your children, you look at things with your friends, and you look at it and you wonder, how did I make it through that? God, a loving God who loves you so much that he sent the most precious thing he could have possibly sent, his son, to build a bridge between you and him, to bring you into fellowship with him, not only save your soul, but to give you life, to take you from death to life right here, right now. For many of you, he opened up a new world, a world that actually is joyful and has peace. For many of you, he's knocking on the door of your heart so that you would open it and be able to step into that world because he steps into yours. ask you right now, if you will, stand up with me. This is what we're going to do. I know some of you, maybe you're comfortable with this. Some of you, maybe you're not. But I just want you right where you are right now. Just close your eyes. Nobody's going to run by and hit you with something. Just close your eyes. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about how good God's been to you. And if you can't think of anything else, I want you to thank him for the fact that right now you have breath. And if you have breath, you have hope. Because the God who is greater than anything we could face or anything that could come against us is for you. And what I want you to do, listen, I, I'm talking, but this is what I want. I want you to start having your conversation with God. Right there, just you and God. How do you talk to God just like you talk to anybody else? You come boldly before his throne because of Jesus and you say, Father, thank you. And then you fill in the blank. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my sobriety. Thank you for delivering me from addiction. Thank you for reuniting me with my child. Some of you, listen, you need to thank him out of faith because of what he's about to do. I just really believe there are people in here who you have no idea what God is about to reveal to you. Because God is going to reveal his son to you. Just begin to thank you. Thank you for the little things. Thank you that the son has come up on time for the last million or so years. That somehow we can spin around on this ball we call earth and not get flung out into the universe because he is absolutely and entirely in control of our lives. Just begin to thank you. We worship you in this place today because you are so worthy. We've done nothing to deserve you, nothing worthy of your delight in us, God, but your word tells us you delight in in us. So God, we come.
here today to worship you, to celebrate you, to celebrate who you are, to exalt your name. We thank you, God. As we go into 2012, the one thing that we can be sure of is that we have a good, faithful, and sovereign God who is on our side. our life to change lives around us to bring him glory Lord, you are absolutely utterly amazing and we love you I moved to Statesboro this past August and uh, Connection was the first church that I went to really had no idea where I wanted to go um, just looked online and it looked cool so decided to show up and I had been in Nashville before I came here and uh, had been really involved in a small group uh, at my church uh, there in Music City and had a huge impact on my life. And so I really knew that I wanted to be connected and plugged in in that same sort of way. I just wasn't sure how I was going to find that. Um, had no idea if connection was big on small groups. Um, and so I just came just because it looked good. Uh, first Sunday, a connector herded me over to Billy, and Billy quickly informed me of all this connect groups uh, that they had and said, hey, go check it out, you know, if you want to. It was real casual, no pressure, anything like that. So I thought, oh, that would be cool. I'll try it. And uh, there I found an amazing small group of guys who are just really earnestly and honestly seeking the Holy Spirit's direction in their life, what God would have them do to be more like his son. Um, and that was a huge, huge deal. Nothing against Sunday morning church, but I, I don't know all the hundreds of people there, nor am I probably ever going to get to know all of them. For me, my church, my community is my connect group, and I knew that that was vital to have. If I don't have that, how am I going to grow? How am I going to get closer to God? How am I going to continue on this journey um, if I don't have people walking alongside me, holding me accountable. Um, so it was huge to be able to find that. It was a massive relief as well. Never did I feel like I was the new guy walking in. Um, Connection and their Connect groups have always very much felt home and um, just welcoming. And God has just been faithful in providing that core group of people that I can really uh, connect with and, and grow spiritually with as well. So it's been a huge blessing. 2011, my family started going to Connection Church. Um, we really liked going to Connection Church because the people in the blue church, which connectors, um, they make you feel welcome. And I've never felt that going to church in Statesboro before. Um, one Sunday, my son and I were going to church and we listened to Brandon talking about being baptized, people being baptized at their church. And um, he was talking about going from death to life. And um, so we called the church and lined it up. Um, we both got baptized the same day. It was an incredible father-son moment. Uh, I remember coming out of the water after being baptized, and it was just like a peace come over me. Um, I love the church. Um, the church is the body of Christ. It's the people, and it's not the building. Um, I love that about Connection Church. Um, it's, it's the people. It's the body of Christ. And... Um, so I look forward in the future. I'm fired up for Jesus. I love Jesus, and I look forward to see what Jesus does in my life in the next coming years. 
I've been coming to Connections Church for since since it was actually a small church. Just a few of us were here, and I've been serving for a couple of years now with Connection Kids, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I grew up in a very traditional church, and I did serve there some growing up, um, but since I've been coming to Connections, I've really been enjoying um, getting involved with the kids, and I just felt like it was something that God put on my heart and led me to do. It's been such a joy to be a part of these kids' lives, and um, serving has been just a really good example to the kids, um, but it's also, I feel like it's our next generation, um, and you know they're, they're what we have, and I believe that helping them grow and showing them God's love. And also, I, I believe that it's helped me to grow um, as a Christian, being um, around the little kids because they're so innocent and they just have so much um, joy and love. And I believe that um, we're just helping them grow to the next level. And it all starts there. And I, f- I feel like, too, when um, they grow up and get older, that they're always going to come back to their roots. And, um, you know, as long as they have a strong foundation and you teach them about Jesus from the very beginning and be able to be a part of that, um, it's just been such a good example for them and for me, too. The life that I came from was a life of of a broken family with um, divorce. And that put me down a path of, of, of sin, of where it made me lead to bad decisions of... Um, alcohol and drugs and and other bad decisions that came along with those things and and it led me to down this path of of destruction and led me to the low of lows and and as far down as you could be and and a complete bottom where um, the only thing that could pick me up and take me out of that was the Lord and um, that's where the good news comes in is where God stepped into my life about a year ago in January um, where he picked me up and he took me and he put me on a new path. He, he turned me completely around um, as, a, as a good, holy father would and, and turned me around and said, you're going to come in this direction regardless of decisions you've made. And he, he showed me forgiveness in that. And he showed me his glory and how his ways are better than my ways. And um, he, set, he set me on this course of, of a constant chase for him and more and more of him and my desires grow daily of, of less of me and more of him. And um, I'm so excited to continue to see where he's going to lead me and where he's going to take me. He's already taken me to, to so many miraculous things. He's led me to this church. He's led me to um, a mission trip to Turkey. He's led me to uh, the Passion Conference. And, and all of that only shows um, more and more of, of my affections for him and how good and holy he is. And I'm extremely, extremely excited to see Um, what else he has for me in the coming future. My name's Jordan, and I've taken my next step of salvation. My name's Claude, and I took my next step to get baptized. My name's Nelson, and I took the next step to join a Connect group. My name's Haley, and I took my next steps and became a Connector. It's, uh, it's awesome to see people's lives change. It's awesome to see people take their next steps. Um, and obviously the thing that all four of those folks have in common is that they've all taken their next step with God. And today what I want to do is really encourage you and, and challenge you that God has a next step for you to take.
And I want you to know when we talk about next steps here, we're talking about things like stepping um, into uh, your role as, as a uh, connector, stepping in to serve others the way you've been served so that they have an opportunity to come to know Christ. Listen, when I look out into this congregation from Sunday to Sunday, I see so many people with so much potential. And God desires to use that. Does he desire to use it here on Sunday or does he desire to use it in the community? Yes. It's not an either or. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to bring other people to him. When, when we look at our next step, for some people right now, it's salvation. You know that you never trusted Jesus with your life, but you also know that something, you may not even know what it is, is speaking to your heart that he is a reality, that he is who he says he is, and you need to trust him for your salvation and allow him to give you new life. That thing, that person that is knocking on the door of your heart is called the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you highly, open that door. Your next step may be salvation. For some of you, your next step is getting in a connect group. We heard Nelson talk about the fact that, listen, his community where he experiences life change, where, where he really gets down to the, the nitty-gritty of his faith, is in a connect group. You weren't meant to do life alone. You're meant to do it with other people who can strengthen you, encourage you, walk with you, challenge you. Recognize the giftings in you. Allow you to fulfill your potential, to encourage you to fulfill your potential. For some of you, it may be baptism. We've got a sign-up sheet outside at the, the Next Steps tables. If you have not been baptized and you have trusted in Jesus and you have not been baptized as a believer in Jesus, listen, your next step is baptism. You don't need, listen, don't be like, i got to pray. No. If you have trusted in Christ and you have not been baptized as a believer, your next step is baptism. We want you to take that next step. For some of you, your next step might be reconciling a relationship. For some of you, your next step might be moving out of a life of dead religion and into a living, breathing relationship with Jesus. For some of you, it, it might be going to somebody at work that, that God's put something on your heart that you need to share. And finally stepping up and saying, God, I'm going to do exactly what you told me to do. I'm going to take my next step. When you hear us talk about next step, it just means your next step of faith with God. That's what we talk about. here. That's what we want for you, is for you to take your next step. For some of you, it might be stepping up and giving and say, you know, I'm going to trust God with my finances. I'm not allowing materialism to come between me and God. So you step into that, whatever it is. I believe this, many people in here, if not most people in here right now, know what your next step is. The question probably is not, what is the next thing God would have me to do? The question is, if and when you will take that next step. And hear me clearly, because if you come to me and tell me this week that I told you you had to take your next step to get to God and earn your salvation, I'm going to do a roundhouse kick right in your ear. You'd have to be like two and a half feet tall for me to do that. That's about as high as I can get my leg. But 
Seriously, listen to me. You can't earn your way to God. This is not about you earning God's approval. This is not about you um, somehow appeasing God. It's not somehow about you coming to God and bridging this gap between you and him. That's not what it's about. That only happens through Jesus. He gave that freely. All you have to do is go, okay, that's it. Our next step is about us moving closer to him. The Bible tells us if we draw near to him, he does what? He draws near to us. It's about us becoming more and more Christ-like. It's about us walking in obedience to what he tells us to do. It's about us praying and obeying God in the things that he tells us. And I can tell you there is nothing greater than knowing God has prompted you to do something and then actually stepping in to do it. Jesus said this when the disciples were like, he was talking to this woman at the well, and the disciples were like, Jesus, you need to eat something. He's like, I got food y'all know nothing about. They're like, well, did he go to McDonald's and get a happy, what's he talking about? He said, my food is to do the will of my father. I was thinking about that this week and even this morning. And I was thinking about, you know, I don't think Jesus was saying I never have to eat. He was fully man. He had to eat. What I believe he was saying is I am so satisfied in doing what God tells me to do, what my heavenly father tells me to do, that it brings me greater satisfaction and your fish and chips or whatever you brought could ever possibly bring me. That's what God wants for us. Isn't that an awesome opportunity? That you and I have an opportunity to listen to the voice of God, speak to our hearts, to go to the word of God and allow him to begin to speak to our hearts, to, to, to listen to people that we know love Jesus and love us who speak into our lives. And then we're able to be obedient and take that next step of faith As awesome as it is, there's a lot of times obstacles to our next step. I want to talk to you real quick. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 3 because I want us to look at some people who took their next step. And I can almost guarantee you, you'll never have to actually take this step. Okay? But for some of us in here right now, the next step that we have to take may seem as daunting as this one. I'm again reading in verse 9, but I want to set this up for you. The Israelites are about to enter into the promised land. The land that God has been promising, the land flowing with milk and honey. And they're about to cross over into this. The only problem is there's a raging river between them and the promised land. And so this is where we're picking up. God has given Joshua specific instructions. And this is the plan that Joshua has from the Lord. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites, Mosquitoites, there's all kind of ites (laughs) that were there. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. It's at flood stage all during harvest. 
Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the sea of the Arab, the salt sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That is a pretty amazing account of God doing some pretty amazing things. How would you like to have been an Israelite in this, in this setting? How would you like to have been there? And you're like, we're about to cross the promised land. Yay! And then Joshua goes, and this is how we're going to do it. We're about to cross the Jordan into the promised land. This is how we're going to do it, guys. Gather around. Y'all are going to carry that box on your shoulders. Everybody else stand back because we're not real sure exactly what's going to happen. And when they step foot into the raging Jordan River... It's going to stop flowing. And y'all can all walk across. And it says that when they broke camp, I almost picture it like one of these, like a football team in a huddle, and they're like, ready, break. And so they break camp, and you know they were walking off like, Joshua has lost his mind. That, what? I mean, I don't know how many people would have looked at that plan and be like, Joshua, you are, you are a genius. We know you have heard from God. And there was a huge obstacle in front of them. But what greater next step could there be than for these people, the priest of the Lord, to step foot into the Jordan. And as soon as they stepped foot into the raging river, it backed up a long ways from them. The water piled into a heap. You ever seen water pile up in a heap? No. You put bricks or rocks in a heap. You know what I'm saying? You don't pile. God does that. And so we see these people took their next step. The waters parted. And God did something incredible, did a miracle. And the Bible says that a whole nation crossed over into God's promise. Why? Because some men carrying a box that represented God and his power were willing to step into a raging river, willing to step into their next step and people crossed over into the promised land. Is that not amazing? Is it not even more amazing that God's called us to do the same thing? Maybe not in a river, but to take our next step so that other people can cross into the promise of eternity that Jesus has sealed for us? Is it not amazing that Jesus Christ himself took a step down out of heaven became fully man and fully God and died a death that was seen as a curse on a cross so that you and I could cross over into eternity. And now he goes, guess what? You get to be a part of doing this for other people. You get to be a part of sharing this message of hope for other people. But here's the thing, guys. Do you think that maybe those priests, I don't care how much faith they had. I don't care how much Joshua had pumped them up and slapped them around, you know, got them all excited, played We Will Rock You or whatever to get them excited. I don't care how much he did that. When they started to take their next step, it had to be a little bit scary, didn't it? 
You think they're like, woohoo! No. It had to be a little scary. And this is the thing I want you to understand. When you take your next step with God, it always seems scary. There is always risk. In fact, if there's not some type of risk involved, and if it's not something that makes you look at God and go, all right, God, if you don't have this, I'm in big trouble, then it's probably not God. God wants you, he wants me to do things that can only be accomplished through his power. I can guarantee you this, that water didn't back up because of Joshua's power. It wasn't because of the priest. It was because of God. When they crossed over the Jordan River, nobody turned around and went, man, that Joshua, he is an awesome guy. They were praising God. Why? Because something had taken place that only God can do. And listen, when we begin to step into a place where only God can accomplish something, it can get a little bit scary. You ever walk through a place in the dark where you're not exactly sure what's in front of you? Like my house, when you got three kids that are throwing toys all over the place, and as soon as you pick them up, they throw another one out, and you're walking through the dark at night, and you can't find a light switch, and you can't get to it without walking through the dark. And I want you to know that Captain America hurts when you step on him in the dark. It hurts. And sometimes we don't know the outcome. We don't know every detail. But the thing that we know is that we have a good, faithful, and sovereign God who is directing our steps. And when we step, we can trust him. And here's the deal, guys. When we begin to step into what God calls us to do and take our next step, we have to trust in God's voice. To take your next step, you have to trust in God's voice. But to trust in God's voice, you have to take your next step. Isn't that interesting? How one builds off of the other. Then when we look at it, we look at it and it's like, you know what? If I'm going to take my next step, I've got to trust in God's voice. But here's the thing, that when we begin to take our next step, we also learn that we can trust in God. And I would say this as well, that listen, so many people in here today, we have no idea how faithful God is because we've never done anything that required God to show up. And that's what God's calling us to do. Not just me, all of us, to take our next step. Man, I had an opportunity to take a next step yesterday. And uh, it was scary. For about a month, see, my, my family and I, my, my, my dad, my my two sons, um, my oldest two sons and I, we go hunting every Saturday. Every Saturday. This is what we do. 13 weeks out of the year on Saturday, we're hunting. We just like don't even plan anything else. You know what I'm saying? I mean, can you marry me on November? No, we can't. We're hunting. And, I mean, it's just a big deal for us. And so we hunt in our hunting club. There, there's about probably 25, 30 other guys who hunt with us. And, and it's a big deal, man. We go up there, we eat breakfast. And, and, and we hang out. And about a month ago, um, God put it on my heart that I needed to share my heart with them. And he began to put on my heart what I was supposed to share. And I was supposed to thank them for, for all they've done, for, for being there for us through, through 2011. We walked through so much stuff for us being able to come up there and hang out and just be there. And it's almost like a, a mini vacation every Saturday. And believe it or not, it was just like this place where we were able to go and, and all, it's just, just get away. 
And God was like, I need you to tell them this. And I need you to tell them how many nights that you were up at this hunting club driving around drunk. And and, and the fact that it's a miracle that you're back here today because God changed your life. And you have two kids that run around here and have a a great time that, that, that your dad walked through, literally walked through hell over five years. But today he's able to come up here and be a part of this fellowship with you and with your children all because of the goodness of God. And that was on my heart to tell him. And I was like, I don't want to do that. It's easier to stand up and talk to y'all than it is to talk to 30 manly men. And I knew what was going to happen. I knew I was going to get up there, start talking, and then the cry monster was going to get me. I knew it. I knew that it was going to happen. And so yesterday morning we get there, I walk in, and I'm like, hey, um, I need to say something before we get started. And I'm like, God, really? Do I really have to do this? And, uh, and then they're like, okay, Brandon's got something to say. And I started out, I said, guys, I just want you to know how thankful I am for all of y'all. And I got through about three or four sentences, and all of a sudden, I felt it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you feel it coming, and it gets to about right here, and you're like, <laughs> you know, because you try to hold it down, you're like, and, and you can't, you can't stop it. It's like, it's coming out. And, and all of a sudden, your, te- your eyes start getting teary, and you're like, maybe they don't notice, and then you feel one run down your face, and you're like, okay, they know. And I'm trying to hold it together and not just, you know, just totally lose it. But, I mean, I share my heart with them. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, these guys probably think. And I even told them, I was like, now I'm the crazy guy that cried. And I know that. But, hey, I had to do it. I just wanted to. God put on my heart. Cheers. Let's go hunting. And, And then it was so cool, though. It was so awesome to see these guys just come up to me one by one throughout the day. And they were just like, man, it really meant a lot. Some of them talking about how inspirational it was to watch my dad as he continued on. Some, some talking about, you know, you bring more than you take away. All of these things. And what an awesome blessing. And I really began to think about what Jesus must have felt like when he walked the earth and his greatest satisfaction was in being obedient to God's will. It's like, wow, man, that's awesome. That's what God's called us to do. He's called us to be. He's called us to take that next step of faith, even when it's, even when it's unnerving, even when it's scary, even when we're not sure how it's all going to turn out. He says, trust me, trust my voice. If you'll take this next step, you'll see my faithfulness. What's God calling you to do? Not to earn his love, not to earn his favor. He's already given you that in Jesus but to draw closer to him, to allow other people to see you. Because here's the deal, guys. Your next step is not as much about you as it really is other people. When you take your next step, other people's lives will be changed. As you begin to draw closer to God, God draws closer to you. His Holy Spirit begins to change you from the inside out. Bump all this, change in yourself from the outside in, religious junk. I'll get my life together and come to God. No, you come to God and you allow him to change your life. And when that begins to happen, people begin to see the reality of who God is. They begin to glorify God because of the things that you do all because you took your next step all because you were willing to step 
in faith. Listen, your next step is bigger than you. You think maybe stepping across this river was a little bigger than the Israelites? It's a God-sized opportunity. That's what God's called us to. He's called us to take steps of faith that allow him to show off who he is, not who we are. Allows him to change hearts, to change lives that other people look at. And when we take our next step, he's faithful to do that. Absolutely, 100% faithful to do it. The last thing I want to tell you and the last thing I want to encourage you with is we look at Joshua 3. We see how God did this miracle in their lives as they took a next step and they walked across as this. Listen, when we take our individual next step collectively, we become an unstoppable force. We become an unstoppable force. Isn't that pretty awesome to think about? I mean, even Jesus said, listen, I'm going to build this church. Not you, not me. Jesus is going to build this church. Not even the gates of hell will come against it. Nothing will be able to stop it. Are there people moving around me right now? I think I hear some. Okay. Nothing will be able to stop it. You become part of an unstoppable force. God begins to change the world around you. He begins to change your family. He begins to change your community. He begins to change your workplace. He begins to do incredible things that, 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 that you can never do. And it's all for the glory of the one who gave his life for you. You and I have the opportunity to be a part of God doing something that in five, ten, one year, ten years, however long, we look back again and go, only God. Only God. Why? We just walked with him. We just let him fill us up so that it overflows in the world around us. So that the Holy Spirit makes us contagious. So that people can't get around us and, and, and not see the reality of who God is. And we become a people who are willing to tell them the reality of who God is. We become a part of an unstoppable force. That is the church, as Claude said, the body of Christ, the people. That's who we are. A people who are called by God to make a difference in this world. What an amazing opportunity. What an amazing opportunity. When I played sports, one of the things I hated was running. And I always looked at the track team. And I was like, the worst part of my practice is running. All y'all do is run. Why? But you know what I learned from athletics and I learned from sports, especially thanks to Coach Tucker who's sitting over here on the side who made me throw up a big boy burrito one day at football practice. Thanks, Coach. It looked a lot better on my plate than it did on the grass. But what I learned through athletics was I could always take one more step. 
When I thought I couldn't possibly take another step, I learned I could always take one more step. If that is true athletically with a non-athletic person, how much more true with people who serve the living God? Come on, church. We can take another step. And then we can take another step and we can take another step. And then when we get another year in, we get another decade in, we look back and we go, wow, did God really do that? Through a bunch of idiotes. That's Greek. (laughs) And God gets the glory. Man, this is where we're going. This is what's going to, God wants to change the face of the earth with his glory. Since the beginning of time with Adam and Eve, his intent has been to fill the earth with his glory. And he will use us if we are simply willing to continue to walk with him, taking our next step, drawing near to him and allowing him to use us in an incredible way. I don't know about you, but I'm in. I'm in. And this is what I would ask you today. What is the next step that God is calling you to? And maybe more important, are you willing to take it? Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to follow him? Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. I can guarantee you this. Whatever you gain will be so much more valuable than whatever it could possibly cost you. Right now, I'm going to ask you to stand back to your feet. We designed this service. We felt like God really wanted us to worship him today, man. Just to really, through music, through everything, man, just to exalt him and, and to lift him high. Because the Bible says that if we will lift him high, he'll draw all men to himself. If we'll exalt him, when he is lifted up, He draws people to himself. And today, here's the opportunity that we have. While we're singing this song, you have the opportunity to allow God to speak to your heart. While we're singing these last couple of songs, we have the opportunity to declare that we will unite, that we will go, that we will do the things that God has put before us. And if you're willing to do that, I can promise you this, God is going to be faithful to do his part. And we're going to be faithful to do ours. We're going to be faithful to do everything that he has called us to do. And I want you to know that as a church, we're going to follow him. We're going to go after him. We're going to go hard and fast after him and after those that he is going hard and fast after. That's our call. That's why we started. We didn't start to have just another church. We started to have a church that reaches people for Jesus. And we're about to celebrate that right now as we lift these songs up to him and as we rally together as the church, an unstoppable force that God has created, God is sustaining, and that God is going to use in the future. Amen.